live from historic downtown Carlisle, Pennsylvania, home of founding father James Wilson, 19th century hymn writer George Duffield, 19th century gospel minister George Norcross, and sports legend Jim Thorpe. It's Iron Sharpens Iron. This is a radio platform in which pastors, Christian scholars, and theologians address the burning issues facing the church and the world today. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 17 tells us iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Matthew Henry said that in this passage, we are cautioned to take heed with whom we converse and directed to have in view in conversation to make one another wiser and better. It is our hope that this goal will be accomplished over the next two hours, and we hope to hear from you, the listener, with your own questions. And now, here's your host, Chris Arnson. Good afternoon, Cumberland County, Pennsylvania, Lake City, Florida, and the rest of humanity living on the planet Earth. Who are listening via live streaming at ironsharpensironradio.com. This is Chris Arnzen, your host of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, wishing you all a happy Monday on this 20th day of February 2023. I am thrilled to have on the program today both a returning guest and a first-time guest, and they are both pastors of Reformation Church of Shelbyville, Kentucky. I have returning to us on the program... Uh, who hasn't been on the show since February 25th of 2021 when I interviewed him and Ryan Denton on key elements of true evangelism. Uh, I'm speaking of Jerry Doris, who is one of the pastors of Reformation Church of Shelbyville, Kentucky. And we are also going to be joined by a first-time guest, Austin Keeler, also pastor of Reformation Church of Shelbyville, Kentucky. They're both going to be addressing the Asbury Revival, observations, biblical and historical comparisons, and responses from concerned local pastors and eyewitnesses. First of all, let me welcome you back to Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, Jerry Doris. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me back, sir. It's great to have you back. And uh, welcome for the first time, Austin Keeler. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. Uh, first of all, Jerry, why don't you give our listeners a, a description of Reformation Church of Shelbyville, Kentucky? Sure. We are a 1689 Reformed Baptist uh, fellowship in Shelbyville, and uh, we have we started our church on the uh, 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation in 2017, and so we named ourselves Reformation Church. Across all the, the windows of our church, we have the, the five solas. Uh, the Lord is uh, greatly blessing us. We have six elders in our church. Uh, we are um, known for being uh, out in the our community doing evangelism. Uh, in fact, just this last uh, Saturday night, we were out uh, proclaiming the gospel at a uh, pride event that was happening in our little uh, town here. And so that's and then Austin just here a little bit ago returned from the University of Louisville. He and another brother from church. We're uh, proclaiming the gospel uh, out there. Amen. And I'm assuming that we should clarify that you're speaking about an event that was uh, there to celebrate the damnable and unnatural sin of homosexuality, <laughs> and that you were not sure. there to support it, but you were there <laughs> to proclaim the gospel in the midst of it. 
Yeah, let's clarify that for for certain. Uh, if you can imagine, uh, Shelbyville is Mayberry. Uh, that's what the it's supposed to be. And there's a local bar that has had a drag show, and we we felt compelled that we needed to go and proclaim the Lord Jesus Christ, His authority over that place, that He should be honored in our city. Amen. Well, now Austin, uh, since you are a first time guest, unlike Jerry Doris. Uh, Austin, we have a tradition here at Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Whenever we have a first-time guest in the program, that guest gives a summary of their salvation testimony, including any kind of religious atmosphere in which you were raised and any kind of providential circumstances our Sovereign Lord raised up in your life that drew you to himself and saved you. So let's hear a summary of your story. Yeah, well, I... uh... I grew up going to church. Uh, I was involved in youth groups and 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 things of of that nature, but I never knew the Lord. And from an early age, though I was put in church by my parents, my my other life was pursuing sin um, with with much zeal, and so that uh, escalated um, until I had left church altogether and through high school and and through some of uh, college, just pursuing my sin, pursuing my selfishness and um, living a a very depraved lifestyle. Really questioning whether or not uh, what the Bible's true. I think I knew that Jesus was Lord. I just loved my sin. Um, And it wasn't until the... Uh, summer of uh, 2013, when I was 20 years old, that uh, the Lord began to convict me of my sin through the preaching of his word. And that happened, um, well, that happened this way. I, I would often, I would often not be able to sleep unless I was intoxicated by some kind of substance. And during, during uh, one night when I was um, not sober. I happened upon a, some sermons on YouTube, and I heard something. And so I kept listening night after night, and the Lord is faithful to bring me under conviction of my sin, and that lasted for a few months until um, September 1st, 2013. The Lord met me around midnight. Um, he, he made the gospel clear to me. He made my own depravity clear to me. He made me a new creation uh, that night. And yeah, yeah, that's the, the day that he saved me. Praise God. And how did you come to discover and embrace Reformed theology? Well, I was, um, after I was converted, I went back to the last church that I had been at, and that was a Christian and Missionary Alliance church. And it is a, it's a, it's a good church. Um, but my, my process of reforming began pretty immediately. It wasn't long before I realized that I was a Calvinist. I didn't study Calvinism and choose Calvinism. I, I had read the Bible, and then I, then I learned what Calvinism was, and I realized this is what I believe. And so Calvinism was the, the first step to my reforming, and then um, the topics such as you know, ecclesiology and, and things like that began to slowly be uh, further reforming over time, and I'm still reforming today. And we all should be. (laughs) 
And uh, it, might, it might please you to know, in fact, I know it will please you to know, that the local Christian, Christian and Missionary Alliance pastor here in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, where I'm sitting, uh, he is thoroughly theologically reformed. And I know that that is a rarity in that denomination, but it, it does exist from time to time. Yeah. And David Monreal is his name. He's a dear friend and a wonderful brother. I met him at a Banner of Truth conference and um, uh, continuing to enjoy a lot of wonderful fellowship with him. Uh, since you mentioned uh, something about your testimony that involves addiction, uh, something that I myself also have been delivered from by the praise, honor, and glory and mercy and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, I uh, was addicted very seriously to alcohol in a scandalous uh, degree and uh, was on the, on the margin of being excommunicated, but I followed the, uh, the principles that my elders insisted upon, and I admitted myself into Hebron Colony in Boone, North Carolina. I always look for opportunities to praise this wonderful ministry, Hebron Colony, which is the oldest continually running addiction recovery ministry for men in the United States. It started after World War II when a Presbyterian minister began witnessing many GIs coming back from overseas uh, as drunkards. And he started the ministry for them, and it continues today. It's absolutely free of charge, which is unusual, even for a Christian addiction recovery ministry. And I have, and I'm not saying that this is going to happen to everyone who submits to their program, but I have left there uh, not even for a minute craving alcohol again. Uh, so I praise God. For, I, I praise God for this wonderful organization. And, uh, and yes, I know there are many of our Reformed brethren who recognize that drinking alcohol in moderation and responsibly is a liberty. At least most of us who are Reformed believe that. But I cannot touch the stuff ever again. I know myself too well, and I would never put myself at risk again, nor bring into question my testimony again by touching the stuff. But anyway, I just thought I'd mention that. Well, uh, I'm going to give our listeners <clears throat> the uh, email address right away if they have questions for you. Uh, ChrisArnzen at gmail.com, ChrisArnzen at gmail.com, C-H-R-I-S-A-R-N-Z-E-N at gmail.com. Give us your first name at least, your city and state of residence, and your country of residence if you live outside the USA. Only remain anonymous if your question involves a personal and private matter. Let's say... Uh, you are in a church that has a particular view of the so-called Asbury Revival that you uh, vociferously disagree with, and you'd rather not uh, bring up your identity in public uh, because of this disagreement you have. You might even be a pastor who disagrees with his own elders or his congregation in the majority or his denomination. Well, we understand those would be reasons to remain anonymous, but if it's a general question, please give us your first name at least, city and state, and country of residence. I think a good place to start would be if you could each, and I'll start with Jerry this time, 
uh, give a definition of what a revival is because there's so much confusion over what that means. Many average people, uh, perhaps uh, outside of the church, but even, I think, many, if not most people within the body of Christ have a misunderstanding about what that word even means. And some churches, whether they be fundamentalist or even charismatic and Pentecostal, will even advertise there will be a revival meeting uh, next week, Wednesday night at 7 or what have you. Uh, And they can think, or they often think, I should say, that in the midst of having a gathering where they are hoping for and praying for revival, that this is definitely going to happen. And they'll even call the gathering itself a revival that they have uh, manufactured and scheduled and so on. But Jerry, what is a revival in reality, according to the Bible, and even perhaps give some of the examples from history? Yeah, brothers, a revival, it uh, it happens when the gospel is being preached and there is conviction of sin and brokenness over sin and people are turning from their sins and they are turning to Christ. Uh, you see a couple, there's a couple of examples of that uh, that we see in the scriptures. Um, obviously, before the clarity that we have in Christ, you see it in the book of Jonah when uh, Jonah is sent to Nineveh to proclaim uh, God's uh, pending judgment against them, and the entire city re- responds in repentance and brokenness uh, before God and calling out to him. And then I also, uh, you know, you look at um, Acts 19 has a couple of them, and specifically the one that uh, stands out to me is you, you have the preaching of the gospel happening, and then people are uh, burning their books uh, of witchcraft and things like that. There's just this brokenness over sin. And of course, that is because the Holy Spirit himself, as Jesus promised, would come and convict of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. And so that's principally what we would look for uh, in a biblical uh, revival. And so when you look in history, that's the kind of responses. The the bars are emptied. Uh, there, there's people that are turning away from sin and uh, people coming off the streets and and uh, in repentance and brokenness because of this, the heavy weight of sin. And uh, Austin, you have anything to add to that description? No, I just add that the revival is the the vivification of of that which was dead. What revival isn't is excitement. Um, yep. Revival isn't emotionalism. Um, and revival isn't something that can be scheduled. When we start equating revival with our activity, we will, and guaranteeing that there is a time and a place that it will happen, um, then we do equate it with our activity and we'll claim, no matter what the outcome of our activity is, that revival happened because our event happened. And of course, I'm assuming you would agree with me that there is a difference between emotionalism, which you mentioned in a negative fashion, and genuine regenerate people demonstrating emotionally the joy in the Lord that may be occurring in a revival, that should be actually occurring in, the, in a revival if it was genuine. I'd be, uh, I would be skeptical of a revival or a so-called 
revival if there was no emotional response to it. Right. Absolutely. Emotions are good, and, and they are to be expressed in worship to our God. How can you not be emotional when you think about the gospel of, of our Lord? Amen. And uh, I am reminded of the Welsh revival uh, in the early 20th century. Uh, not that I was alive during that period, but I learned of it, I believe, for the first time from my friend Peter Jeffrey. Uh, who is now uh, in eternity with Christ, uh, when he first came to the United States to preach at the church where I am a member, Grace Reformed Baptist, where I should say, where I was a member before moving to Pennsylvania, Grace Reformed Baptist Church of Long Island, uh, Peter uh, described what occurred at the Welsh revival of the early 20th century. And one of the hallmarks uh, was it that, that accompanied it was that uh, the Wales was known for the mining industry, and uh, during this revival, the mines began being filled with tools that were stolen previously by people who later were overcome by guilt during the revival, and uh, that they had stolen these, and then they had returned them. So you have their an evidence of repentance taking place. But uh, let's now enter into the actual so-called revival that uh, we are examining today. Uh, and by the way, I, I want to recommend to all of you, and please wait till this live radio show is over, but there is a video that you could see on YouTube. I think they're still calling them videos these days, but... Uh, on YouTube, you could see a discussion that John Harris had with both of my guests. John Harris has been on this program before, uh, and he, he did an excellent job interviewing uh, Jerry Doris and Austin Keeler on this very subject. And uh, I was very impressed by the demeanor all three of you demonstrated this was not a time of arrogant dismissal of anything that was occurring outside of your own ministries or outside of the Reformed community, if you will. Uh, and perhaps, uh, Jerry, uh, you can uh, mention to our listeners your thoughts on a danger that many of us uh, may be guilty of succumbing to where because of uh, perhaps pride or just a recognition that we believe, and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with us believing that our theological understanding, that means the Reformed community, that our theological understanding is uh, a superior understanding than other views of the Scripture, but we can never allow that to lift us up, puff us up in pride, where we dismiss things that are going on for the glory of God in other communions, if you will. But if you could uh, just say a few words about that. Yeah, well, I would just to, just to put in context why we are 
we we even went to this is because our church is only an hour away from Asbury, and we have quite a few people within our own fellowship that were graduates from Asbury or are connected uh, through that, through uh, our students as well. And so when we talk about this, we also want to recognize that uh, and, and be gentle with it because these are uh, brothers and sisters in Christ that are affected by this. They have to give answers to their families. And uh, if we come across in an arrogant way about this topic, we we set them on edge unnecessarily. And, and that's not our heart either. Um, our experience, my experience, and Austin would echo this, I think, is that the people that we're going to this are genuine believers. They're genuinely seeking after the Lord for the most part. I mean, there's uh, I think we can identify some charlatans in the midst and some different churches that we would have great objection to being there. Uh, but for the most part, these are people that are, are wanting to uh, experience um, uh, a fresh outpouring of the Spirit, I guess. And so in innocence, they go to these things they don't understand. And so they sing songs that they don't understand, the the source of the song, who wrote them, the theology behind the church that wrote a particular song. And so they can sing that with a good conscience and not feel like they're doing anything wrong. And so we want to honor that and recognize that uh, that good people that love the Lord are going to this place. And some of them, I would even add this, may in fact... Um, uh, uh, have a, have a new understanding of repentance or or confess a sin or or have some sort of an experience so in that way praise god let there be revival in those ways let god use this to whatever glory he wants uh, so th- if that's as generous of a statement as I can make uh, on that. Now, obviously, I have a lot of objections to the things that I have seen and heard and personally experienced in this, but I want to preface it with that. And, and I think that's the spirit of which you're you're asking me to, to say that. So Yes, in fact, uh, I want to remind our listeners that my guests are eyewitnesses, not that they've been there every hour for everything that is occurring in Asbury. But they have been there for multiple hours uh, observing uh, this. And, uh, and maybe I will clarify something I said. Uh, and perhaps uh, Jerry and Austin can either agree with me or disagree. But while I believe it is very proper, if you believe your theological system is the most accurate reflection of what the Bible teaches, there's nothing wrong with believing that and saying that. But there is a big difference between that and thinking that you're a superior Christian. Uh, there may be uh, many people outside of the Reformed camp who are superior to the three of us in their humility, uh, into their obedience to Christ, into the way they uh, obey Christ in their marriages and in, in their parenting and uh, in their... Uh, compassion to the world around us. Uh, so we have to be careful when we say that we believe our theology is superior uh, to saying that uh, and contrasting that with saying we are superior. I'm sure neither of you are uh, making that bold assertion. No. And uh, Austin, I was very uh, also impressed that you had a spirit that was somewhat optimistic, at least hopeful, 
that what you were about to witness before you or, uh, attended these services or this ongoing or, service, you, you were hoping that this may be a long-awaited revival <laughs> in, its, in reality. But, uh, well, first of all, isn't that true, that you were not just immediately dismissing it because of the location uh, of this revival and the 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 general theological positions of those who are personally involved in it. No, uh, looking on from afar before we went there ourselves, I was certainly hopeful um, and, and wanting to go and um, give the best report I could possibly give to the the people of our uh, of our local church. Um, I was hoping absolutely for for the best. Before we, before we, go ahead. I'm sorry. Fully believe that God can do a mighty work through people who theologically disagree with me. Amen. And before we go to our first commercial break, uh, perhaps I'll start with you, Jerry. Why is this discussion we're having important? There are some who will just call us cosmic killjoys. Uh, why are you concerning yourself over something that has borne some good fruit amongst people of a different theological position than any of you? Uh, why don't you just allow the blessings that those who are involved in it uh, to continue uncriticized and uh, let these people uh, have reap the benefits from whatever is occurring that seems to be positive. Why do you have to be such nitpickers and, uh, you know, examining these things with a microscope uh, to the point of sucking the joy and life out of them? <laughs> how, do you, how do you respond to that kind of criticism, which I know I will hear from some people that I even call friends, not necessarily the Reformed people, but yeah. I, I will hear that. But if you could, uh, Jerry, and then we'll have you, Austin, before we go to the break. Wherever the gospel is distorted, uh, I think those that understand with clarity the gospel need to speak up. And that is the primary concern that I have coming out of this, is that the gospel being presented is distorted. And so when the gospel is distorted, then we have the reality of false conversion, people thinking that they're okay with God because they've had an experience with God, but when they've not understood the gospel, they've not, they, they, they have not come to genuine faith. An emotional experience is not salvation. Now, that doesn't mean salvation doesn't, isn't accompanied with that. That's why there is the reality of true and false conversion. When we look in Matthew chapter 7 and 21 and, and around in that area, and it talks about people standing before the Lord Jesus Christ on the day of judgment and saying, Lord, Lord, and then they list all the things that they did. Guess what? Those things are the very things that are being said are happening here at this event. And so he says, I never knew you. Uh, so there is, this is an, this is imperative that the gospel is right in the midst of a supposed revival. And any added thoughts, Austin? I'd just say uh, that's that's absolutely right. Uh, if the gospel isn't being clearly unfolded to these people who have gathered to worship God, they may end up worshiping a Jesus that they don't know very well. 
or at all. And so that's that's part of our concern. Amen, as well as it should be. And we are going to our first commercial break. I'd like to remind my guests to mute themselves as we go to this break. Uh, And I'd like to remind all of you that if you have questions, we already have people waiting to have their questions asked and answered. But if you want to get in line, our email address is chrisarnzen at gmail.com, C-H-R-I-S-A-R-N-Z-E-N at gmail.com. As I said earlier, please give us your first name, at least your city and state and your country of residence if you live outside the USA. And please only remain anonymous if your question involves a personal and private matter. Don't go away. We're going to be right back with more of our examination on the Asbury Revival after these messages. James White of Alphenbega Ministries here. I'm very excited to announce that my longtime friend Chris Arnzen of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio and I are heading down to Atlanta, Georgia again for the G3 National Conference. That's Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd on a theme that I have been preaching, teaching, writing about, and defending in live public debates for most of my life, the sovereignty of God. I'll be joined on the speaking roster by Steve Lawson, Vody Balcom, Paul Washer, Virgil Walker, Scott Annual, and Josh Bice, founder of G3 Ministries. And there's more great news. Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio can get you a 30% discount off the registration fee. Go to g3min.org, that's g3min.org, and enter promo code G3ISIR. That's G3ISIR for the 30% discount. Chris Arnson and I look forward to seeing you all Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd for the G3 National Conference in Atlanta, Georgia on the Sovereignty of God. Make sure you stop by the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio Exhibitor booth and say hi to Chris Arnson while you're there. Go to g3min.org and enter promo code G3ISIR for your 30% discount off the registration fee. President of the SecureCom Group and an enthusiastic supporter of Chris Arnzen's Iron Sharpens Iron radio program. The SecureCom Group provides the highest level of security, closed-circuit television, access control, and communication systems for Manhattan's top residential buildings, as well as churches, commercial properties, municipalities, and more. We custom install exactly what you need to protect yourself, including digital recording, off-site viewing, and connectivity from most smart devices. From simple code-activated systems to the latest technology using facial recognition, the SecureCom Group has it. We also provide the latest in intercom and IP telephone systems. In addition, we provide superior networking platforms. We'll create, maintain, and secure your local network. Whether it's a Wi-Fi or hardwire network, we'll implement the latest secured firewall, endpoint solutions, and cloud backup. 
I would love to have the honor and privilege of helping protect the lives and property of Iron Sharpens Iron radio listeners and their associates. For more details on how the SecureCom Group may be of service to you with the very latest in security innovations, call 718-353-3355. That's 718-353-3355. Or visit securecomgroup.com. That's securecomgroup.com. This is Brian McLaughlin of the SecureCom Group, joining Chris Arnzen's family of advertisers to keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Puritan Reformed is a Bible-believing, kingdom-building, devil-fighting church. We are devoted to upholding the apostolic doctrine and practice preserved in Scripture alone. Puritan Reformed teaches men to rule and lead as image-bearing prophets, priests, and kings. We teach families to worship together as families. Puritan is committed to teaching the whole counsel of God so that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. We sing the Psalms, teach the law, proclaim the gospel, make disciples, maintain discipline, and exalt Christ. This is Pastor David Reese of Puritan Reformed in Phoenix, Arizona. Join us in the glorious cause of advancing Christ's crown and covenant over the kings of the earth. Puritan Reformed Church. Believe. Build. Fight. PuritanPHX.com Prince of Preachers, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, once said, Growing a beard is a habit most natural, scriptural, manly, and beneficial. Grace and peace to all the Iron Sharpens Iron listeners. This is Tony with TheStandardBeardCare.com. Try TheStandardBeardCare.com is a Christ-exalting, better-known and simple name in beard care. So if you have a beard, know a guy with a beard, or ladies if you're married to a man with a beard, head over to TheStandardBeardCare.com. Check out the vast array of all-natural, handcrafted products to make that beard scriptural, manly, and beneficial. And when you do so, you will help to support Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. When you use the promo code IRON at checkout, you will receive free shipping to anywhere in the lower 48, and 10% of your donations will go back to Chris Arnson and Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. So head over to the standardbeardcare.com, where the standard is the standard. Dr. Joseph Piper, President Emeritus and Professor of Systematic and Applied Theology at Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. Every Christian who's serious about the Reformed faith and the Westminster Standards should have and use the eight-volume commentary on the theology and ethics of the Westminster Larger Catechism titled Authentic Christianity by Dr. Joseph Moorcraft. It is much more than an exposition of the Larger Catechism. It is a thoroughly researched work that utilizes biblical exegesis as well as historical and systematic theology. Dr. Moorcraft is pastor of Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, and I urge everyone looking for a biblically faithful church in that area to visit that fine congregation. For details on the eight-volume commentary, go to westminstercommentary.com, westminstercommentary.com, 
For details on Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, visit heritagepresbyterianchurch.com, heritagepresbyterianchurch.com. Please tell Dr. Moorcraft and the saints at Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, that Dr. Joseph Piper of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary sent you. Sharpens Iron Radio first launched in 2005. The publishers of the New American Standard Bible were among my very first sponsors. It gives me joy knowing that many scholars and pastors in the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio audience have been sticking with or switching to the NASB. This is Daryl Bernard Harrison, co-host of the Just Thinking Podcast, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Tom Buck a First Baptist Church in Lindell, Texas, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Kent Keller of Faith Bible Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Andrew Rappaport, the founder and executive director at Striving for Eternity Ministries, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Mark Romaldi, pastor of Sovereign Grace Church in Greenbrier, Tennessee, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Christopher Cookston, pastor of Prineville Community Church in Prineville, Oregon, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Matt Tarr, pastor of High Point Baptist Church in Larksville, Pennsylvania, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. Here's a great way for your church to help keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Pastors, are your pew Bibles tattered and falling apart? Consider restocking your pews with the NASB. And tell the publishers you heard about them from Chris Arnzen on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Go to nasbible.com. That's nasbible.com to place your order. Sharpens Iron Radio praise God for the generous monthly financial support of Royal Diadem Jewelers, educated by and affiliated with the American Gem Society, Jewelers of America, and the Gemological Institute of America. For the perfect custom-designed engagement ring or any one-of-a-kind piece of jewelry created exactly according to your imagination and specifications, Royal Diadem Jewelers has you covered. No matter where you live in the world, Royal Diadem will walk you step-by-step through every stage of the process and even hold a high-tech internet virtual visit using state-of-the-art jewelry design technology to serve you. They start by listening carefully to determine your needs. They're interested in making what you want, not what they want to sell you. From rough design to digital model, to photorealistic image, to wax prototype model, to the finished product, they are continually listening to your input, likes and dislikes, making any changes necessary along the way. This will ensure that your custom jewellery will turn out exactly as you dreamed and well beyond your expectations. 
Visit royaldiadem.com. That's royaldiadem.com today. Sterling Vanderwerker, owner of Royal Diadem Jewelers, his wife Bronnie, his business partner and manager Brian Wilson, and the entire family thank you all for listening to, praying for, and supporting the work of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. And don't forget, folks, RoyalDiadem.com is still offering Iron Sharpens Iron Radio 100% of the profits from any sale of jewelry valued at $100 or more to an Iron Sharpens Iron Radio listener. As long as that listener, whoever you are, mentions Chris Arnzen of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, we will receive 100% of the profits from that sale, whether you are purchasing a piece of jewelry that's already in stock at royaldiadem.com or whether you're having a custom piece of jewelry created like an engagement ring or even taking your church logo, parachurch ministry logo, your denomination logo, your seminary logo, or anything else your imagination and creativity can conjure up, turning whatever is in your mind into a physical piece of jewelry is what they specialize in doing. I have seen firsthand the mastery that they have over uh, creating custom-designed jewelry. So please, if you would like to have uh, jewelry, either what they have in stock or a custom piece of jewelry, either to bless yourself or to bless someone else in your life, please bless Iron Sharpens Iron Radio at the same time by going to royaldiadem.com and mentioning Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. We are now back with our guests, Jerry Doris and Austin Keeler. They're both pastors of Reformation Church of Shelbyville, Kentucky, which is a confessional Reformed Baptist church. We are addressing the Asbury Revival, observations, biblical and historical comparisons, and responses from concerned local pastors and eyewitnesses. Our email address is chrisarnson at gmail.com, chrisarnson at gmail.com. Give us your first name, at least, city and state, and country of residence. Before I go to any of our listener questions, I would like, perhaps we'll start with Austin this time, I would like you to... Uh, list at least some of the positive things that you have witnessed that is going on in Asbury mm-hmm. uh, before we get into a uh, more critical examination. And uh, even before you do that, this has some kind of historic significance as far as the location. Isn't this is this where the birthplace of Pentecostalism took place in the early 20th century? Uh, well, I, I'm not familiar with the birthplace of, of Pentecostalism. Maybe Jerry can help out with that. But I, I do know that there have been several revivals, quote unquote, um, like this that's happening now throughout the history of Asbury University. Um, positive things that that uh, that we've seen, as was alluded to earlier, there are. There are genuine believers and there are sincere people who are gathering to sing the praises of God, and that is a good thing. I've been an eyewitness to that. And another thing I've seen is Christians praying for one another. Well, that's a good thing that I have seen. Um, you know, being a Methodist school, they have a rich musical history uh, to to draw from. And so while not every song was... Um, theologically rich or even biblical, um, there were many songs that were sung that contained solid gospel elements within 
So th- those are some positive things that, that we have observed. And Jerry, you care to add anything? No, I just uh, echo those things. I mean, I anytime people are worshiping Christ, I think that's a, that's a good thing. Um, I saw a lot of fellowship. Uh, we actually saw people that we knew there. We've heard of other people going there. So there's, um, you know, there's that sense. Um, I, I, I've seen some things uh, that have shown up. There was a uh, people being generous to a, a foreign student anytime they can meet the needs, the physical needs of people. I mean, who who would not celebrate something good like that? Um, so I was encouraged by those kind of things as well. Uh, the people that we sat next to, uh, they seemed to be, you know, just genuine believers wanting to see what was going on. And also, when we get involved in a critical examination of something like this that happens, uh, have there not been a mixture in history when true biblical revivals have taken place? When I say biblical, I don't mean uh, revivals in the scriptures, but I'm saying revivals that most Christians generally agree were from heaven. They were, they were reflective of biblical truth, such as uh, when uh, one of our heroes of the faith, Jonathan Edwards, was ministering, uh, has there not been a mixture of biblical orthodoxy and sound things going on with aberrant and even heretical things or bizarre things that have taken place? Uh, Jerry, maybe we'll start with you. Sure, yeah, absolutely. You see that. There's always fringe people, even in this event that we just saw. I mean, you have people like Kenneth Copeland trying to uh, come into this. Todd Bentley tried to glean off of these uh, these things. So you have the, the sideshows, as it were, uh, that we would all agree are aberrant and wrong. Uh, when, we, when we evaluate it, we want to look at it. Uh, in its general message, it's it's you know what's happening there, not necessarily the peripheral things that are surrounding it. Well, uh, I guess let's uh, have you uh, continue your train of thought, Jerry. Now it's time to uh, reveal some of the things that you are most concerned about that you have witnessed uh, at this so-called revival when you open up your Bible and you compare what is happening with what you learn from the God-breathed inerrant scripture? Well, the, the first thing that I was immediately concerned with was just the, 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 the rhythmic music that was going. It just reminded me, I come from a charismatic background. When I was first came to Christ, I was saved in a church that was very much like this. And so it's very driven by emotion. And so that was what I noticed right away is everybody uh, having um, an emotional experience. And not not that, you know, when we sing rich theological songs because of truth, we should be moved by those things. But when you're just moved by repeating the name of uh, the Hebrew name of Jesus, for example, Yeshua, that's one of the songs that they would sing, and it just drums on and on. It really becomes a mantra. And so I just had a, a, a check, I guess, mentally about that. I was concerned about that and as we, uh, there were three elements that we saw. There was the worship, there was the testimony, and then there was um, any type of teaching that would happen. Those are the three things that you're examining, and um, 
and and during that time we did sing some songs that were good uh that uh were were helpful so that's probably the least of my concerns um the that second portion was the testimonies uh that when testimonies were given i was expecting that these were people that would stand up and say i am turning from this sin i'm confessing sin i'm breaking this uh you know i i'm going to stop doing this and i'm following the lord jesus christ jesus has set me free from these kind of things uh, during the time that I was there, I heard six testimonies, and of those six testimonies, none of them were current. They were things that had happened uh, perhaps years before. Um, none of them were central centered on Christ. In fact, uh, I would say only one of them actually mentioned Jesus. It was um, there was one particular. A girl that we watched uh, talk about her sexual identity. She she said she had been believing lies about her sexual identity, and um, she went to a counselor and prayed and at a camp that she went to, and 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 then she no longer has those things. Never once mentioned Jesus. Never once mentioned that 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 she was in sin and broken over her sin. And those kind of things really concern me, and it concerned me more because one of the uh, professors. Uh, who was superintending this, he stood up and the first thing he said was, make sure your testimony is about Jesus, make sure your testimony is current, make sure your testimony is brief, and don't preach to us. That was that was the three or four categories he gave. And none of that happened. I mean, there's it, it was the opposite of that. And then just to further, in the time that we were there, uh, the word gospel was mentioned, but the gospel itself was wholly absent. It was what... Uh, I would call a trauma gospel, and that is you've had a really bad life. A lot of bad things have happened to you, and you need to know that Jesus loves you. That was the extent of the gospel that we heard during the time that I was there. And so I can only speak for the time. I was there for two and a half hours in the actual meeting. We were there for probably, uh, I'd say, five or six hours just standing in line, uh, you know, just in the in the general vicinity, but two and a half hours actually in during the first day, that was Tuesday, right, Austin? And then I think you went back on Wednesday for an additional eight hours to try to listen for more. Yeah, tell us about uh, some of those specific things that you witnessed. You've already talked about things that you appreciated. Tell us, uh, Austin, about some of the things that concern you most. Uh, well, again, the first day... Um, among the concerning testimonies and, and rhythmic hyper-emotional music that was present, there was also um, just the general idea that sin is something that I am victimized by. And that was present in my, my second day there as well, that if I'm dealing with anxiety, it's because there is a spirit of anxiety Somewhere, I don't know, in me or around me, either way, it's got to be cast out. If I'm dealing with depression, it's a spirit of depression. If I'm too embarrassed to stand at the invitation of the speaker, the spirit of embarrassment must be cast out so that I can stand. And so there is just this general idea that sin is something that happens to me. It's not a crime that I um, that I commit against God, that I'm solely and wholly responsible for and so that um that that sort of theme ran through um not only the the first two and a half hours that we were both in the chapel but my entire eight hours there 
the second day. And to to address this victimhood mentality that seems to be so prevalent in, in these young people, the gospel that I heard presented was Jesus loves you and has a plan for you. It wasn't repent and turn from your sin. And we mentioned Jonathan Edwards in The Great Awakening. I can guarantee you that Jonathan Edwards' sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, is quite different than the sermon that supposedly kicked off this revival. Uh, In the sermon, the initial sermon that it said sparked this thing, the words hell, sin, repentance, atonement, uh, were not mentioned in the sermon, and apparently tacos were mentioned more than heaven. Huh. And so it begs the question, and, and you know, I, I'm not going to say God can't do anything, but will, will, God, will, will a message like that bring revival? That, that's a, a very serious question that I have. And lest anyone complain, well, you were only there eight hours, which may be a long time, but you didn't hear everything. So maybe those things like repentance and faith in Christ were mentioned. Well, an event like this that is being deemed as a revival, that should dominate and saturate the event. It, should, it shouldn't be something that you would miss, especially during an eight-hour period of time. Am I correct? You are, and, and I will be fair. Uh, it was a long time. I, I wanted, I mean, it, I mean, it felt like a long time. I, I did want to leave, but I decided to stay until I heard something of the gospel, and I stayed until I heard at least sin mentioned and the blood of Jesus mentioned and a call for faith alone in Christ alone whose blood covers sin. Now, that was, that was uh, preceded by a confusing illustration gospel illustration about the table and two chairs sin wasn't uh explained in any depth um how the blood of christ atones for sin wasn't elaborated upon the imputed righteousness of christ wasn't preached but sin was was mentioned the blood of christ was mentioned and a call for faith in jesus was was submitted to the people so i do want to be fair that the, the speak he got there but it was not it was not um robustly a part of this uh, of the day well we have to go to our midway break right now folks please be patient with us this is a little longer than the other breaks in the show because grace life radio 90.1 fm in lake city florida requires of us a longer break in the middle of the show because the fcc requires of them to localize this program geographically to lake city florida which they do with their own public service announcements we on the other hand simultaneously air our globally heard commercials. Please respond to them as often as possible and send in your questions to chrisarnson at gmail.com. Don't go away. We're going to be right back. James White of Alpha Mega Ministries here. I'm very excited to announce that my longtime friend Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio and I are heading down to Atlanta, Georgia again for the G3 National Conference. That's Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd on a theme that I've been preaching, teaching, writing about, and defending in live public debates for most of my life, the sovereignty of God. 
I'll be joined on the speaking roster by Steve Lawson, Vody Balcom, Paul Washer, Virgil Walker, Scott Annual, and Josh Bice, founder of G3 Ministries. And there's more great news. Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio can get you a 30% discount off the registration fee. Go to g3min.org, that's g3min.org, and enter promo code G3ISIR. That's G3ISIR for the 30% discount. Chris Arnson and I look forward to seeing you all Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd for the G3 National Conference in Atlanta, Georgia on the Sovereignty of God. Make sure you stop by the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio Exhibitor booth and say hi to Chris Arnson while you're there. Go to g3min.org and enter promo code G3ISIR for your 30% discount off the registration fee. such a blessing to hear from Iron Sharpens Iron radio listeners from all over the world. Here's Joe Riley, a listener in Ireland, who wants you to know about a guest on the show he really loves hearing interviewed, Dr. Joe Moorcraft. I'm Joe Riley, a faithful Iron Sharpens Iron radio listener here in Atoy, in County Kildare, Ireland, going back to 2005. One of my very favorite guests on Iron Sharpens Iron is Dr. Joe Moorcraft. If you've been blessed by Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, Dr. Moorcraft and Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, are largely to thank since they are one of the program's largest financial supporters. Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming is in Forsyth County, a part of the Atlanta metropolitan area. Heritage is a thoroughly biblical church, unwaveringly committed to Westminster standards, and Dr. Joe Moorcraft is the author of an eight-volume commentary on the larger catechism. Heritage is a member of the Hanover Presbytery, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, and tracing its roots and heritage back to the great Protestant Reformation of the 16th century. Heritage maintains and follows the biblical truth and principles proclaimed by the reformers. Scripture alone, grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, and God's glory alone. Their primary goal is the worship of the triune God that continues in eternity. For more details on Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, visit heritagepresbyterianchurch.com. That's heritagepresbyterianchurch.com. Or call 678-954-7831. That's 678-954-7831. If you visit, tell them Joe Riley, an Iron Sharpens Iron radio listener, and a tie in County Kildare, Ireland, sent you. As host of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, I frequently get requests from listeners for church recommendations. A church I've been strongly recommending as far back as the 1980s is Grace Covenant Baptist Church in Flemington, New Jersey, pastored by Alan Dunn. Grace Covenant Baptist Church believes it's God's prerogative to determine how He shall be worshipped and how He shall be represented in the world. 
They believe churches need to turn to the Bible to discover what to include in worship and how to worship God in spirit and truth. Grace Covenant Baptist Church endeavors to maintain a God-centered focus, reading, preaching, and hearing the Word of God, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, baptism, and communion are the scriptural elements of their corporate worship, performed with faith, joy, and sobriety. Discover more about Grace Covenant Baptist Church in Flemington, New Jersey at gcbcnj.squarespace.com. That's gcbcnj.squarespace.com. Or call them at 908-996-7654. That's 908-996-7654. Tell Pastor Dunn that you heard about Grace Covenant Baptist Church on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. My name is Anthony Uvinio, and I'm one of the pastors at Hope Reform Baptist Church in Quorum, New York, and also the host of the ReformRookie.com website. I want you to know that if you enjoy listening to the Iron Sharpens Iron radio show like I do, you can now find it on the Apple's iTunes app by typing Iron Sharpens Iron Radio in the search bar. You no longer have to worry about missing a show or a special guest because you're in your car or still at work. Just subscribe on the iTunes app and listen to the Iron Sharpens Iron radio show at any time, day or night. Please be sure to also give it a good review and pass it along to anyone who would benefit from the teaching and the many solidly reformed guests that Chris Arnson has on the show. Truth is so hard to come by these days, so don't waste your time with fluff or fake news. Subscribe to the Iron Sharpens Iron radio podcast right now. And while you're at it, you can also sign up for the ReformRookie.com podcast and visit our website and the YouTube page. We are dedicated to teaching Christian theology from a Reformed Baptist perspective to beginners in the faith as well as seasoned believers. From Keech's Catechism and the Doctrines of Grace to the Olivet Discourse and the Book of Leviticus, the Reformed Rookie Podcast and YouTube channel is sure to have something to offer everyone seeking biblical truth. And finally, if you're looking to worship in a Reformed church that holds to the 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith, please join us at Hope Reformed Baptist Church in Quorum, New York. Again, I'm Pastor Anthony Avenio, and thanks for listening. If you love Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, one of the best ways you can help keep the show on the air is by supporting our advertisers. One such faithful advertiser who really believes in what Chris Arnton is doing is Daniel P. Patafuco serious injury lawyer and Christian apologist. Dan is the president and founder of the Historical Bible Society. Their mission? To foster belief in the credibility of Scripture as the written Word of God. They go to various churches, schools and institutions to publicly display a rare collection of biblical texts along with a fascinating presentation by Mr. Butterfuco demonstrating the reliability of Scripture. To advance the cause of the gospel, they created a beautiful, perfect facsimile of the genealogy of Jesus Christ from the original engravings contained in a first edition 1611 King James Bible. This 17th century hand-engraved chart shows the family tree of Jesus Christ going back to Adam and Eve. 
This book is complete with gorgeous full-size illustrations of Noah's Ark and the Tower of Babel and an explanation of why the genealogy of Jesus is so important for his claims to the throne of the universe. Originals of this work are in museums and nobody has ever made it accessible to the public in a large book form before. You can have your own copy of this 44-page genealogy book for a donation of $35 or more. Visit historicalbiblesociety.org. That's historicalbiblesociety.org. Thanks for helping to keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Getting... Getting a driver's license, running a cash register, flipping burgers, passing sixth grade. Do you know what they all have in common? They all require training, assessments, and certifications. But do you know what requires no training at all? Becoming a parent. My name is A.M. Brewster. I'm the president of Truth Love Parent and host of its award-winning podcast, I've been a biblical family counselor since the early 2000s, and what I've discovered is that the majority of Christian parents have never been biblically equipped to do the work of the ministry in their homes. That's why Truth Love Parent exists. We serve God by equipping dads and moms to be the ambassador parents God called and created them to be. We produce free parenting resources, train church leaders, and offer biblical counseling so that the next generation of dads and moms can use the scriptures to parent their children for life and godliness. Please visit us at truthloveparent.com. day at thousands of community centers, high schools, middle schools, juvenile institutions, coffee shops, and local hangouts, Long Island Youth for Christ, staff and volunteers meet with young people who need Jesus. We are rural and urban, and we are always about the message of Jesus. Our mission is to have a noticeable spiritual impact on Long Island, New York, by engaging young people in the lifelong journey of following Christ. Long Island Youth for Christ has been a stalwart bedrock ministry since 1959. We have a world-class staff and a proven track record of bringing consistent love and encouragement to youths in need all over the country and around the world. Help honor our history by becoming a part of our future. Volunteer, donate, pray, or all of the above. For details, call Long Island Youth for Christ at 631-385-8333. That's 631-385-8333. Or visit liyfc.org. That's liyfc.org. James White of Alpha and Omega Ministries here. If you've watched my Dividing Line webcast often enough, you know I have a great love for getting Bibles and other documents vital to my ministry rebound to preserve and ensure their longevity. And besides that, they feel so good. I'm so delighted I discovered Post Tenebris Lux Bible Rebinding. No radio ad will be long enough to sing their praises sufficiently, but I'll give it a shot. Jeffrey Rice of Post Tenebris Lux is a remarkably gifted craftsman and artisan. All his work is 
done by hand from the cutting to the pleating of corners to the perimeter stitching. Jeffrey uses the finest in buttery soft imported leathers in a wide variety of gorgeous colors like the turquoise goat skin tanned in Italy used for my Nessie All in 28th edition with a navy blue goat skin inside liner and the electric blue goat skin from a French tannery used to rebind a Reformation study Bible I used as a gift. The silver gilding he added on the page edges has a stunning mirror finish resembling highly polished chrome. Jeffrey will customize your rebinding to your specifications and even emboss your logo into the leather, making whatever he rebinds a one-of-a-kind work of art. For more details on post-Tenebrous Lux Bible Rebinding, go to ptlbiblerebinding.com. That's ptlbiblerebinding.com. Sharpens Iron Radio first launched in 2005. The publishers of the New American Standard Bible were among my very first sponsors. It gives me joy knowing that many scholars and pastors in the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio audience have been sticking with or switching to the NASB. I'm Dr. Joseph Piper, President and Professor of Systematic and Homiletical Theology at Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Taylor, South Carolina. And the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Chuck White at the First Trinity Lutheran Church in Tonawanda, New York. And the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Anthony Mathenia of Christ Church in Radford, Virginia. And the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Jesse Miller of Damascus Road Christian Church in Gardnerville, Nevada. And the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Bruce Bennett of Word of Truth Church in Farmingville, Long Island, New York, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Rodney Brown of Metro Bible Church in South Lake, Texas, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Jim Harrison of Red Mills Baptist Church in Mayapack Falls, New York, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. Here's a great way for your church to help keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Pastors, are your pew Bibles tattered and falling apart? Consider restocking your pews with the NASB. And tell the publishers you heard about them from Chris Arnzen on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Go to nasbible.com. That's nasbible.com to place your order. Charles Haddon Spurgeon once said, Give yourself unto reading. The man who never reads will never be read. He who never quotes will never be quoted. He who will not use the thoughts of other men's brains proves that he has no brains of his own. You need to read. Solid Ground Christian Books is a publisher and book distributor who takes these words of the Prince of Preachers to heart. The mission of Solid Ground Christian Books is to bring back treasures of the past to minister to Christians in the present and future, and to publish new titles that address burning issues in the church and the world. Since its beginning in 2001, Solid Ground has been committed to publish God-centered, Christ-exalting books for all ages. We invite you to go treasure hunting at solid-ground-books.com. 
That's solid-ground-books.com and see what priceless literary gems from the past or present you can unearth from Solid Ground. Solid Ground Christian Books is honored to be a weekly sponsor of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. And don't forget, folks, please make your very first stop for all your gift-giving needs, solid-ground-books.com. They publish nothing but the finest in Christian literature dating back to the Protestant Reformation and extending forward to our modern day, including such current authors as Dr. James R. White of Alpha Omega Ministries. That's solid-ground-books.com. Purchase frequently, purchase generously. Always mention that you heard about them from Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Before I return to my guests, Jerry Doris and Austin Keeler, I have just a couple of very important announcements to make. First of all, folks, if you love this show, you don't want it to disappear from the airwaves, please go to ironsharpensironradio.com, click support, then click, click to donate now. You can donate instantly with a debit or credit card, or if you prefer snail mail, sending in a physical check to a physical address, there will be a physical address that also appears on your screen when you click support at ironsharpensironradio.com. If you want to advertise, as long as whatever it is you desire to promote is compatible with what I believe, send me an email to chrisarnson at gmail.com and put advertising in the subject line, whether it's your church, parachurch ministry, your business, your private professional practice like a law firm or a medical firm, or if it's just a special event that you are orchestrating. Whatever the case may be, as long as you are in uh, fairly good agreement with me, uh, you don't have to believe in exactly everything I believe, but you need to be promoting something compatible with my beliefs. We would love to help you launch an ad campaign as quickly as possible because we are just as much in urgent need of your advertising dollars as we are in your donations. That's uh, com. Click support, then click, click to donate now. Also, if you are not a member of a Christ-honoring, biblically faithful, theologically sound, doctrinally solid church like Reformation Church or Shelbyville, Kentucky, no matter where on the planet Earth you live, Send me an email to chrisarnson at gmail.com and put, I need a church in the subject line. I have extensive lists spanning the globe of faithful churches, and I have helped many people in our audience in all parts of the planet Earth find churches, sometimes even, with a few, even within a few minutes from where they live. And that may be you if you are without a church home. So send me an email to chrisarnson at gmail.com and put, I need a church in the subject line. Also, I want to uh, remind you that uh, the ministry that actually live streams this program, First Love Ministries, who operate First Love Radio, they are having their first annual Bible conference March 3rd through the 5th in Milton, Florida, at the First Baptist Church of Baghdad in Milton, Florida. And it is on the theme, Examining the New Birth. There are many speakers uh, on the lineup at this wonderful conference And if you are able to get there, it's absolutely free of charge. So I highly advise you to take a train, plane, or automobile to Milton, Florida, if you can, for the first annual First Love Ministries Bible Conference. You can get more details at firstloveministries.org, firstloveministries.org. And if you have a question for Jerry Doris and Austin Keeler, Send them in to chrisarnson at gmail.com, chrisarnson at gmail.com. Give us your first name at least, your city and state, and your country of residence. Let me read a couple of our 
listener questions. Uh, first of all, we have Bobby in Harstale, New York, who says, Chris previously was asking one of the guests today if Asbury, Kentucky, was the location of the birth of Pentecostalism. And he says, Chris, I think you are thinking of Azusa Street. Yes, you are absolutely right. Uh, I guess the as threw me off. <laughs> uh, Asbury and Azusa. Yes, it was the Azusa Street Revival. Thank you for that correction. Uh, we have Andrew in Brooklyn, New York. And Andrew says, one thing we have heard much about during this reported revival is the apparently endless amount of singing the participants have engaged in. It made me think about our hymn books. The vast majority of the great hymns we sing every Saturday, or for you guys, Sunday, obviously this listener is a Saturday observer, were composed back before the mid-19th century. In other words, they were written back when preaching and not singing was at the center of the weekly worship experience. In the modern evangelical world, where worship is described as just singing, the evangelical sermon has become the afterthought the Catholic homily has long been. Well, actually, that was just a comment or a series of comments. Andrew has no question, but if you want to comment on Andrew's comments, let's start with you, Jerry. Well, I think that's absolutely correct. It's the preaching of the gospel or preaching is not the central thing of this. Um, uh, honestly, experiencing God's love is the center of this. Experiencing his uh, presence is that. And, and uh, the, the concept of worship is that worship is music-based. And so you're, you're going to experience the presence of God through music. You don't experience the presence of God through preaching. Preaching is something you must endure before you can experience the presence of God again. I don't know, Austin, if you agree with that, but that's that's my takeaway. Yeah, I agree with that. What I am hearing from um, many people um, who are interacting with me online on this issue is that they are going to receive something uh, receive a touch from the Holy Spirit that results from getting into his presence there. Now, it's a little confusing because at the same time, it's being affirmed that you don't have to be at Asbury to experience his presence, but yet it's all about flocking to this place um, to experience his presence there, and it is about receiving something from that, receiving a deeper infusion of love, things along those lines. Of acceptance would be another word. It's love and acceptance of who you are. Now, I have a question for both of you in regard to our singing. Uh, Isn't it very important that the songs we sing when we worship God that they fill our minds with truth, not only when we read what we are singing and sing it, but when we hear others around us singing it. It is filling our minds with truth rather than emptying our minds, like mantras where just a couple of words are repeated over and over and over again, almost bringing us uh, into some kind of hypnotic state or something. 
those kinds of songs can be dangerous, can they not, as far as uh, the uh, state that they place us in mentally and emotionally where we might be more prone to accept things as being from God in our midst when they are not at all because we're not thinking critically. Uh, perhaps, Austin, you'll start this time. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we witnessed that. I don't know if it's a new song or not, but Jerry alluded to it earlier. Um, slowly, slowly chanting the Hebrew name of Jesus over and over again for a dozen minutes at a time. I was eyewitness to many people, and again, I'm sure that many of these people are genuine believers and are there sincerely to worship God. But as a result of this kind of music, having um, what is an emotional experience to what is mindless. Um, so that that's one one thing that's dangerous. And the other kind of music that's, that's um, dangerous is music that simply contains heresy, music that contains theology that is untrue and and unbiblical and so i also uh saw this um one example would be a song written by Corey asbury no connection i think to asbury university that just happens to be his name called um reckless love that god's love is reckless and for starters the attribute of recklessness is never used of god in scripture and so that's um could say that that's a blasphemous song, but that that attribute of recklessness in Scripture is only attributed to wicked men, to the enemies of God. And now we have all these gullible or in, uh, innocent, perhaps uh, Christians singing uh, a heretical uh, song, totally distorting their their conception of who God is that God somehow took a risk when he sent his son and became vulnerable and put himself out there and risked, risked rejection. So there's not only the, the mindless music, but there's also the, the, the unbiblical uh, music as well. Yes, Jerry. Chris, I'll add this. Um, there's In the charismatic movement, and uh, you're, you're seeing new trends, and one of them is this idea of soaking prayer or soaking in the presence of God. And uh, let me read to you. This is from uh, CBN. Uh, they have this definition. Uh, so soaking in the presence of God is simply positioning yourself to express your love to God. Uh, it's not intercession. It's not coming to God with a list of needs. It is a, the act of entering into the presence of God to experience his love and then allow the love of God through the Holy Spirit to revolutionize your love for him. And so that song that we were talking about, Yeshua, is the name of the song. That is a soaking uh, it, it's it's meant for this, so that's why it goes on for the longest video of this is 19 minutes long, uh, and it's just repeating that name. There's a couple other phrases, and, and we shouldn't be afraid of repetition. I mean, we have holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. We have we sing repetitiously, but just the way that it's done in order to be rhythmic, empty the mind, and all you're doing is experiencing the love of God. That's what's happening. And that's actually a really emotionally high moment. And so people identify that, what they're experiencing, uh, they identify that with the presence of God. But the reality is you can go to uh, the Running Man 
um, uh, festival or if you if Woodstock had the same type of experiences where people are singing and having uh, straight, uh, great emotional highs and they could have just as easily, easily attributed that to God. And of course, holy, 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 that's one phrase where a word is repeated. It, it, there's a lot of other rich content in that hymn. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not just a, a mantra like when Christians unconsciously are just imitating Hindus and other false religions by repeating words and sounds over and over and over again uh, to the point where it's it's really juvenile. Um, in fact, I remember being invited to a Pentecostal church uh, years ago. A friend of mine uh, is a member at this church, and I visited, and I was angry at the very first song that went on, I think, for at least five minutes, maybe longer, where the only line that they were singing, and they actually put it up on a, a, a large screen. I don't know why they did that, because there's only one, one line uh, this is how we worship him. Clap your hands. This is how we worship him. Clap your hands. And if I had gone into, if I had a child, I don't have any children, but if I had a child, if I had gone into a child's church service that might be conducted at a church, even if they were singing that to four-year-old children, I'd be upset if that's all they were saying in their song. And yet this was in the uh, regular uh, general population of the church during the, the regular worship service. But uh, that also shows the uh, importance of biblically orthodox hymns that we are singing, uh, because singing uh, hymns should actually be preaching to us as well as us offering worship to God. It should, the, the words should be preaching to us, shouldn't they? Absolutely. That's the history of the church. The, the church has such a, a, a rich pool of, of songs to, to bring us uh, knowledge and wisdom and to teach us. That's, a, that's principally how we uh, would learn is through uh, memorizing these songs and, and just singing them again and again, not in that mantra way by, by any stretch. So yes, to, to the original question, uh, the worship of God should should fill the the mind of the believer uh, with uh, with with God's uh, with the knowledge of God with the with the truths that uh, have been uh, proclaimed and delivered to us. We have a question. I usually don't give the full name of listeners who submit questions, but in this case, it is a pastor that I have known for decades. <laughs> who I love and look forward to any opportunity to promote this congregation. His name is Gary George, and he is the pastor at Sovereign Grace Chapel in Southbridge, Massachusetts. And Pastor Gary says, I listened online to the opening sermon that was preached prior to the outbreak. I thought it was a decent message and not fiery-fueled with emotional appeal. Would it be correct to think that it was the musical rhythmic and repetitive lines sung and words spoken during the worship that launched the revival into orbit. If so, isn't it significant that it was not specifically the word that erupted into a revivalistic atmosphere, but a hyped-up charismatic music similar to the Brownsville revival back over 20 years ago? Is there any 
comparison between the two revivals? Well, some of your answers, I'm sure, are going to be overlapping with what you already said. Uh, because uh, Pastor Gary submitted this question before we began speaking about music. Um, but uh, any thoughts on that? He, he is saying that the opening sermon uh, was a decent message. And Gary's a discerning guy. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm assuming he is correct. I don't know if you share his opinion on that. But uh, perhaps, uh, Austin, you could start. I'll, I'll pass that to Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> so here, he saw me raising my hand in the video. That's why. And here's, here's, you need to understand some, some things that happened. So this coming Thursday, the 23rd, Francis Chan will be speaking at Asbury for the Collegiate Day of Prayer. And uh, about a week before this revival, they sent out their promo video for this, uh, for this Collegiate Day of Prayer. And lo and behold, this video shows, uh, it, it harkens back to this revival of 70. Would it be wonderful if this repeated? It was the, the idea of this was, uh, planted in, uh, the minds of those students prior to that message happening. You need to be aware of that. The other thing you need to be aware of now, we know this because we have so many that, uh, have, or that go to our church that were former students of Asbury. I know a lot of students that go to Asbury. There's a culture of revival happening in the month of February. Uh, there. So they, they say that it goes back to 1970. Let's repeat this. Well, they have been doing this most, uh, every couple years or so. They'll go for a couple days at a time. And so is it this message that sparked this? Uh, it, it could be. Uh, is it the worship that sparked this? It could be. Uh, is it that video that implanted this idea? It could be. Is it the culture of this? It could be. It could be all of that together. Uh, the, it, like a perfect storm to uh, just let's just continue to, to sing and worship. Now, uh, I should have asked this earlier, but what were the uh, original uh, circumstances that drew the attention of even the media? Even Tucker Carlson was favorably addressing this. Uh, of course, Tucker is not theologically grounded in a solid church. He often refers to himself as an Episcopalian and routinely trashes Episcopalianism uh, at the same time. But um, what, were, what was catching people's attention that drew many to conclude, hey, could this be a revival? But what was happening? Well, and well, Social I, media was happening. Yeah, go ahead. What did you say, Jerry? I said social media was happening immediately. Yeah, it was a buzz. But what were so they... Or what were they informing the public about, the social media, uh, specifically? What was happening? Well, what was, what was blasted on social media, it seems, almost immediately was that revival was happening. And so... And this is because uh, people were staying in that building for long, many, many long hours and maybe even days. Is that what specifically what was happening that led some to the conclusion that this was a revival? Yeah, and I don't know how much time passed between people between the the moment when people decided to stay a little longer after chapel that day and and the first um, 
video went out that revival is happening. What I do know is that as whatever this is, these, these long worship services have spread to other schools like Lee University, it's happening there as well. They stay for a few out. They stay up late a few hours and make a video and announce on their social media that revival has come to this school as well. Yes, and for those unfamiliar with Lee University, I'm assuming you're referring to the same university that is run by the uh, Pentecostal denomination, the Church of God, Cleveland, Tennessee. Is that the the same school? Yes. And uh, just quickly, Gary, Pastor Gary, says, do they have any comments about the Brownsville revival comparison to this one? <clears throat> I don't think there is a comparison. The Brownsville revival was full of uh, way more shenanigans and just, um, uh, yeah, there, the only comparison there, there is this, what I call the territory view. If you're familiar with, I think his name's Jim Osmond. He wrote a book called Truth or Territory. I think he's um, Justin Peters' pastor. Uh, he, he was. And, Justin moved out of that uh, area, but but they are still on very good yeah, terms. Yeah, sure. So they're still connected. That, um, but uh, that territory view in that uh, there are um, spirits that are at work, and you've got to fight them, as opposed to the biblical view, which is um, we are in a battle for the truth of, uh, in the minds and hearts of of people, and uh, so there's a lot of words that you hear from the Word of Faith, the NAR uh, groups, the, the Kansas City Prophet groups, IHOP, Mike Bickle, those, those places where you're talking about impartations of the Spirit, uh, digging wells of revival, um, casting out this demon or that demon or this spirit or that spirit. So that type of wording is there, and I think that that's similar to what you saw in Brown's uh, uh, Brown, the Brazil revival, um, and in other places, but stuff like you see in Toronto, where you have barking dogs, you know, people barking like dogs, all that. Not that's not happening at Asbury. It's not over. It's not that far. Uh, what, what do you mean by that? Oh, you mean it hasn't gone that far? <clears throat> yeah, it, 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 I don't think it ever was that far. But right, the right. people that are leading it definitely hold to the territory view. And so they're casting and binding Satan and doing all the kind of stuff that you might hear uh, from that type of ministry. And I just want to give uh, Gary's uh, church a plug because I have considered him a faithful brother for so many years. Go to Sovereign Grace MA, MA the abbreviation for Massachusetts.org. SovereignGraceMA.org. Thanks for the question, Gary. We have Cindy in Findlay, Ohio. While listening to Chris Rosebro, and by the way, for our listeners, he is a Missouri Synod Lutheran, or at least a conservative Lutheran. I don't know if he's in the Missouri Synod. Uh, but uh, while listening to Chris Rosebro fighting for the faith, <clears throat> he mentioned that the first sermon recited out of Romans 12, was sufficient in presenting the law, which would convict sinners. But then after listening to three days of sermons or presentations, he noted that the gospel was never preached. I have heard it said that if we don't preach Jesus as presented in the scripture, meaning present, meaning present the gospel of grace, 
we are just preaching legalism as any other church may do, such as Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons or any other denomination. If we don't preach Christ, it's just legalism and of no benefit. What are your thoughts? Well, let's start with Jerry this time. Um, forgive me, uh, Austin, when you take that one, I was, I'm, I'm searching for something right now. Any sure. Um, yeah, I, you know, honestly, I, I haven't heard much law preaching um, in any of the, the messages, any of the follow-up messages that, that I have heard during the week, but absolutely, um, the law without grace is, is, is hopeless. Um, and so that's why it's, it's important when, when presenting the gospel that we understand. And when those teaching moments come, like one of the leading female, female faculty got up and stood, uh, got up and said to everyone uh, at, at one point, let's, let's take a moment and preach the gospel to each other. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus loves you and has a plan for you. Well, Jesus loves you, um, is, that may be true, but it's not the gospel, and it doesn't answer my position before God as a transgressor of the law. What answers that problem for me is not the 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 base or the vague fact that 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 Jesus loves me just just as I am or anything like that, but that He um, became a sacrifice for sin, and not only. Uh, fulfilled the law that I have broken, but bore the penalty uh, and condemnation that I deserve on the cross, and by his meritorious blood accomplished atonement on my behalf so that God can look on him and pardon me because in my place condemned he stood. So that that um, yeah. definitely um, needs needs to be addressed after we've preached the law and yeah. offer hope. Now, in fairness uh, to what our listener uh, said that Chris Roseborough reported, it was only the initial sermon that was preaching the law, and it's actually uh, quite um, strange for modern evangelicalism, including charismatic and Pentecostalism, today, not, not I mean, the old school Pentecostals who were hammering uh, the law and were noted for legalism. Uh, It's unusual to hear sermons that are addressing the law of God today. So so that's uh, kind of an interesting observation. And by the way, there is a uh, listener, a Christian in Western Suffolk County, Long Island, New York, who just wants me to clarify something. He said the church where Chris Roseborough is a pastor... Consvinger Lutheran Church is a member of the American Association of Lutheran Churches, and that is very close uh, theologically and doctrinally to the Missouri Synod. I just wanted to clarify that. Uh, we're going to go to our final break. It's going to be a lot more brief than the other breaks. breaks. And if you have a question, please submit it as soon as you can so that we can read it on the air and get your answers from our guests. Uh, the email address is chrisarnson at gmail.com. chrisarnson at gmail.com. Always give your first name, at least your city and state, and your country of residence, and only remain anonymous if your question is a personal and private one. 
Don't go away. We'll be right back. James White of Alpha Omega Ministries here. I'm very excited to announce that my longtime friend Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio and I are heading down to Atlanta, Georgia again for the G3 National Conference. That's Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd on a theme that I have been preaching, teaching, writing about, and defending in live public debates for most of my life, the sovereignty of God. I'll be joined on the speaking roster by Steve Lawson, Vody Balcom, Paul Washer, Virgil Walker, Scott Annual, and Josh Bice, founder of G3 Ministries. And there's more great news. Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio can get you a 30% discount off the registration fee. Go to g3min.org, that's g3min.org, and enter promo code G3ISIR. That's G3ISIR for the 30% discount. Chris Arnson, I look forward to seeing you all Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd for the G3 National Conference in Atlanta, Georgia on the Sovereignty of God. Make sure you stop by the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio Exhibitor booth and say hi to Chris Arnson while you're there. Go to g3min.org and enter promo code G3ISIR for your 30% discount off the registration fee. President of the SecureCom Group and an enthusiastic supporter of Chris Arnson's Iron Sharpens Iron radio program. The SecureCom Group provides the highest level of security, closed-circuit television, access control, and communication systems for Manhattan's top residential buildings, as well as churches, commercial properties, municipalities, and more. We custom install exactly what you need to protect yourself, including digital recording, off-site viewing, and connectivity from most smart devices. From simple code-activated systems to the latest technology using facial recognition, the SecureCom Group has it. We also provide the latest in intercom and IP telephone systems. In addition, we provide superior networking platforms. We'll create, maintain, and secure your local network. Whether it's a Wi-Fi or hardwire network, we'll implement the latest secured firewall, endpoint solutions, and cloud backup. I would love to have the honor and privilege of helping protect the lives and property of Iron Sharpens Iron radio listeners and their associates. For more details on how the SecureCom Group may be of service to you with the very latest in security innovations, call 718-353-3355. That's 718-353-3355. Or visit securecomgroup.com. That's securecomgroup.com. This is Brian McLaughlin of the SecureCom Group, joining Chris Arnson's family of advertisers to keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air.
Puritan Reformed, Puritan Reformed is a Bible-believing, kingdom-building, devil-fighting church. We are devoted to upholding the apostolic doctrine and practice preserved in Scripture alone. Puritan Reformed teaches men to rule and lead as image-bearing prophets, priests, and kings. We teach families to worship together as families. Puritan is committed to teaching the whole counsel of God so that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. We sing the Psalms, teach the law, proclaim the gospel, make disciples, maintain discipline, and exalt Christ. This is Pastor David Reese of Puritan Reformed in Phoenix, Arizona. Join us in the glorious cause of advancing Christ's crown and covenant over the kings of the earth. Puritan Reformed Church. Believe. Build. Fight. PuritanPHX.com The Prince of Preachers, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, once said, Growing a beard is a habit most natural, scriptural, manly, and beneficial. Grace and peace to all the Iron Sharpens Iron listeners. This is Tony with TheStandardBeardCare.com. Try it, TheStandardBeardCare.com is a Christ-exalting, better-known and simple name in beard care. So if you have a beard, know a guy with a beard, or ladies, if you're married to a man with a beard, head over to TheStandardBeardCare.com. Check out the vast array of all-natural, handcrafted products to make that beard scriptural, manly, and beneficial. And when you do so, you will help to support Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. When you use the promo code IRON at checkout, you will receive free shipping to anywhere in the lower 48, and 10% of your donations will go back to Chris Arnson and Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. So head over to the standardbeardcare.com, where the standard is the standard. near retirement or thinking about retiring, you probably have questions. How do you make your savings last? How much should you take out and when? You're ready for retirement, but are your finances? Art Amundsen and Edward Jones Financial Advisor can help you build a strategy to help make sure your finances keep up with your long-term needs. Do what it takes to get there. Now it's time to make the most of retirement. Visit edwardjones.com. That's edwardjones.com or call 717-258-4688. 717-258-4688. We here at Iron Sharpens Iron Radio are forever grateful for the generous financial support of Art Amundsen, Edward Jones Financial Advisor in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Call 717-258-4688 today. Pastor Bill Sasso, Grace Church at Franklin, here in the beautiful state of Tennessee. Our congregation is one of a growing number of churches who love and support Iron Sharpens Iron Radio financially. Grace Church at Franklin is an independent, autonomous body of believers which strives to clearly declare the whole counsel of God as revealed in Scripture through the person and work of our Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, the end for which we strive is the glory of God. 
If you live near Franklin, Tennessee, and Franklin is just south of Nashville, maybe 10 minutes, or you are visiting this area, or you have friends and loved ones nearby, we hope you will join us some Lord's Day in worshiping our God and Savior. Please feel free to contact me if you have more questions about Grace Church at Franklin. Our website is gracechurchatfranklin.org. That's gracechurchatfranklin.org. This is Pastor Bill Sasser wishing you all the richest blessings of our Sovereign Lord, God, Savior, and King, Jesus Christ, today and always. When Iron Sharpens Iron Radio first launched in 2005, the publishers of the New American Standard Bible were among my very first sponsors. It gives me joy knowing that many scholars and pastors in the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio audience have been sticking with or switching to the NASB. I'm Dr. Joe Moorcraft, pastor of Heritage Presbyterian Church in Cumming, Georgia, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Anthony Uvino, founder of the ReformRookie.com and co-founder of New York Apologetics, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Tim Bushong of Syracuse Baptist Church in Syracuse, Indiana, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Eli Ayala, founder of Revealed Apologetics and staff member with the Historical Bible Society, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Josh Miller of Grace Bible Fellowship Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Joe Bianchi, president of Calvary Press Publishing in Greenville, South Carolina. And the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Jake Korn of Switzerland Community Church in Switzerland, Florida. And the NASB is my Bible of choice. Here's a great way for your church to help keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Pastors, are your pew Bibles tattered and falling apart? Consider restocking your pews with the NASB. And tell the publishers you heard about them from Chris Arnzen on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Go to nasbible.com. That's nasbible.com to place your order. I'm Dr. Tony Costa, Professor of Apologetics and Islam at Toronto Baptist Seminary. I'm thrilled to introduce to you a church where I've been invited to speak and have grown to love, Hope Reformed Baptist Church in Coram, Long Island, New York, pastored by Rich Jensen and Christopher McDowell. It's such a joy to witness and experience fellowship with people of God like the dear saints at Hope Reformed Baptist Church in Coram, who have an intensely passionate desire to continue digging deeper and deeper into the unfathomable riches of Christ in His Holy Word, and to enthusiastically proclaim Christ Jesus the King and His doctrines of sovereign grace in Suffolk County, Long Island, and beyond. I hope you also have the privilege of discovering this precious congregation and receive the blessing of being showered by their love, as I have. For more information on Hope Reformed Baptist Church, go to Hope Reformed. Li.net. That's hopereformedli.net. Or call 631 696 5711. 
That's 631-696-5711. Tell the folks at Hope Reformed Baptist Church of Quorum, Long Island, New York, that you heard about them from Tony Costa on Iron Sharpens Iron. Getting a driver's license, running a cash register, flipping burgers, passing sixth grade. Do you know what they all have in common? They all require training, assessments, and certifications. But do you know what requires no training at all? Becoming a parent. My name is A.M. Brewster. I'm the president of Truth Love Parent and host of its award-winning podcast, I've been a biblical family counselor since the early 2000s, and what I've discovered is that the majority of Christian parents have never been biblically equipped to do the work of the ministry in their homes. That's why Truth Love Parent exists. We serve God by equipping dads and moms to be the ambassador parents God called and created them to be. We produce free parenting resources, train church leaders, and offer biblical counseling so that the next generation of dads and moms can use the scriptures to parent their children for life and godliness. Please visit us at truthloveparent.com. If you love Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, one of the best ways you can help keep the show on the air is by supporting our advertisers. One such faithful advertiser who really believes in what Chris Arnton is doing is Daniel P. Patafuco, serious injury lawyer and Christian apologist. Dan is the president and founder of the Historical Bible Society. Their mission to foster belief in the credibility of Scripture as the written Word of God. They go to various churches, schools, and institutions to publicly display a rare collection of biblical texts, along with a fascinating presentation by Mr. Butterfuco demonstrating the reliability of Scripture. To advance the cause of the Gospel, they created a beautiful, perfect facsimile of the genealogy of Jesus Christ from the original engravings contained in a first edition 1611 King James Bible. This 17th century hand-engraved chart shows the family tree of Jesus Christ going back to Adam and Eve. This book is complete with gorgeous full-size illustrations of Noah's Ark and the Tower of Babel and an explanation of why the genealogy of Jesus is so important for his claims to the throne of the universe. Originals of this work are in museums and nobody has ever made it accessible to the public in a large book form before. You can have your own copy of this 44-page genealogy book for a donation of $35 or more. Visit historicalbiblesociety.org. That's historicalbiblesociety.org. Thanks for helping to keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. And folks, uh, don't forget that Iron Sharpens Iron Radio is having our next free pastor's luncheon on Thursday, April 13th, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Church of the Living Christ in Loysville, Pennsylvania. My two featured guest speakers are William Webster, a Banner of Truth author and a Reformed Baptist pastor in Battleground, Washington, and David King, who is a Presbyterian pastor in Katy, Texas. And this event is free of charge, and everybody in attendance will receive a heavy sack of brand new free books that have been personally selected by me from major publishers all over the United States and the United Kingdom. 
Then that will be uh, Thursday, the 13th of April, the three days following that at Grace Bible Fellowship Church in Harrisburg, both Dr. William Webster and David King will be preaching at a three-day conference also arranged by me, absolutely free of charge, on the theme, The Gospel, Removed by Rome, Rescued by the Reformers, and Rejected by Modern Evangelicals. That will be April 15th through the, I'm sorry, April 14th through the, the 16th in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. For more information on either of those events, send me an email to chrisarnson at gmail.com, chrisarnson at gmail.com. Uh, also, if you want to register for the G3 conference that you've been hearing advertised on the sovereignty of God, September 21st through the 23rd in Atlanta, Georgia, <clears throat> remember, please to use my discount code. You'll get 30% off the registration fee by entering the discount code G3ISIR. And not only will you get 30% off, that helps Iron Sharpens Iron Radio because G3 Ministries will more than likely keep renewing their advertising contract if a large number of you register through that discount code. That's G3ISIR. And I just want to read a very brief Email from Pastor Gary George, who submitted questions earlier. He said, what I meant by decent message, I meant that it was low-key, and I am assuming what he means by that in comparison to something crazy and zany and bizarre that he was expecting. Um, what I'd like now, uh, we'll start with Pastor Jerry. Uh, I'd like you to let our listeners know what they should be looking for if they are hearing about something that is being described as a revival uh, somewhere, especially in their own community, uh, what they should be looking for as litmus tests and so on, how they should be responding to these things. Um, I would encourage you to be looking for uh, a brokenness and repentance over sin because of the preaching of the gospel. Preaching should be the primary thing that you're seeing and hearing and experiencing uh, you are uh, under the conviction of the Holy Spirit uh, un- because of the, the preaching of the law and the elevation of the gospel. If it is predominantly something that's uh, worship um, and just, and, and I'm using worship as they use it. I, as a Reformed Baptist, we know that worship is uh, is all of life that we do. It is the the preaching of the word, it is the reading of the scriptures, it's all of those things, in as well as singing. Uh, but uh, if it's just predominantly singing, um, that uh, just raises a flag for me uh, personally. And, and if you'll permit me, Chris, one thing I was re- researching earlier, I just wanted to quickly say, uh, I was trying to find when was the first time on Twitter that this event was called a revival, and I found it. It was within about three hours of the end of the chapel service. They were already on Twitter talking about a revival had broken out at Asbury. And uh, Austin, if you could, very briefly, in about 90 seconds, uh, give your final words. Yeah, well, I would agree with Jerry there. I would uh, say you would want to look for a, a, that the word of God being preached with reverence and with power. Um, that's what you'd want to see initially, and and then you know there's a lot that you that you can't um, speak on initially, and and so you'd want to look for lasting fruits of revival. Uh, if there's a revival happening at Asbury, 
Um, we should expect to see things like a renewed urgency for the equal protection of our newborn or, or of our preborn neighbors. Uh, we should see lasting fruits. We should see repentance, not only on the personal and individual level, perhaps, but we should expect, not that God has to meet all our expectations, but we should expect renewal um, and, and revival, even where um, theological and doctrinal um, wishy-washiness has been um, existent in the denomination that is experiencing revival. Amen. So in other other words, one of the most gruesome and satanic plagues of the world is infanticide. And if there's a revival in some specific region, you would expect that to either diminish or disappear. Yes. Well, we are out of time. I want to repeat the website uh, for the church where our guests today are pastoring. That's refchurch.com, refchurch.com. That's a abbreviation for Reformation, Reformation Church of Shelbyville, Kentucky. I thank both of you for being such extraordinary guests. I look forward to you both returning frequently. In fact, Jerry Doris, I would love to have you back on to give a full two hours uh, to your transformation from Pentecostalism uh, to Reformed Baptist cessationism, if you'd like to do that. And uh, Austin, of course, we'd love to have you back as well. I want to thank everybody who listened. I want you all to always remember for the rest of your lives that Jesus Christ is a far greater Savior than you are a sinner.